and welcome to this week's episode of Across the Cemetery. My name's Emma. And my name's Josh. And this week Josh is going to do the episode, so without further ado, if that's the right word, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so going to sleep at the end of a day in work, school or whatever you do is often a welcome rest. A time for complete relaxation and unwinding. A period of unconsciousness that allows us to enter a world of dreams like cinematic masterpieces that occupy our minds during the night. Some sources say that we all dream for at least two hours per night. You may not recall it, but it happens. The reason that we dream is apparently fourfold. We dream to consolidate memories, process emotions, express desires, and my personal favourite, practice confronting potential dangers. Whoa. I thought you were going to say something else then. Oh, well, you just get your mind off the gutter. <laughs> The most intense dreams are said to occur in the realms of rapid eye movement or REM sleep. However, you're most likely to forget these dreams in places for ones that occur during non-REM sleep. It is theorised that the dreams experienced during REM sleep are more intense as when that state is entered, a number of triggers in the brain activate and produce a number of supposedly random images or memories to form a dream. It is worth noting that Freud argues that dreams are a result of suppressing thoughts. The more a thought is suppressed and pushed to the back of your mind, the more likely you are to dream about it. So what does that have to do with us, the spooky community? Well, dreaming and ghosts go hand in hand, apparently. Haunted dreams are a very common occurrence and are told to denote warnings or illustrate underlying feelings to the dreamer. For example, if a ghost is attacking you, this can be interpreted as you feeling overwhelmed by something in your waking life and a sign for that thing to be tackled. Or if you were to dream about actually becoming a ghost, this is said to be a manifestation of you feeling guilty for something that has occurred in your past and your brain is telling you to confront those feelings in a bid to move forward with your life. But what if the ghosts in your dreams weren't serving an underlying purpose? What if your dream is just simply haunted? What if you are actually being haunted by something that chose to visit you during your time of relaxation and recuperation? The time when your unconscious state leaves you in arguably your most vulnerable position? Well, today we're going to look at some tales that explore this phenomenon and hopefully don't leave you too afraid to head to bed tonight. <laughs> I am... When I seen Julie Sapphire, a Liverpool psychic, she said that like your your family members come and see you when in your dreams when you're in REM. Okay, yeah. So as I was saying, that's meant to be like your deepest mm-hmm. sleep. So you, I wonder if that's like sort of an, an open realm. Yeah. Well, she did say that. I don't. I didn't want to go into much detail because you were going. Neither do I, because that's on the Sunday yeah. Scaries episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, she said um. She said, like, don't take all this with verbatim. And, like, the reason you forget it um, is because your family members don't want you to realise that it is real and that you're going to join, you want to join them type of thing. Yeah, so, like, sort of, there is, like, they don't want to confirm to you that there's an afterlife, so they don't want you to take actions, so to speak, to to get to that afterlife. Yeah, but she said that that's when your family members come see you and stuff. Okay. And yeah. Very interesting. So when you were reading that, I was like, oh! So I've got three stories, two, not long ones, but two 
longer ones and then one short one to end with. Is that why you made us a cup of tea? I made us a cup of tea because it's fucking freezing. <laughs> um, and also in the last episode, you moaned about not having a cup of tea. So now you can't <laughs> moan. You have a cup of tea. Exactly. So the first story I have is entitled The Steps. Most teenagers have that moody streak where they just want to rebel from whatever their parents want or expect of them. They want to form that identity of their own and show the world who they are. Ryan was no different. As soon as he turned 18, he wanted out of his parents' house and was fortunate enough to be in a position to do so. A week after his 18th birthday, Ryan secured the keys to his very own apartment. It wasn't in the best part of town due to the budget from his part-time job delivering pizzas, but it was his and nobody could take that away from him. Moving day went off without a hitch, mostly because Ryan had next to no possessions to move, essentially just taking his clothes and himself to the new apartment. Once there, he nudged open the front door to number 54, and the large wooden door creaked as though the hinges had been crying out for an oiling since they were installed. The open doorway exposed a long corridor with four doors coming off it, once the living room, kitchen, bedroom and bathroom. The decor was a touch dated, but nothing that couldn't be remedied with a bit of paint and some new furniture when he could afford it. Ryan got settled in with the help of a couple of friends who reveled in his newfound freedom until, inevitably, they had to return to their respective parents' houses and Ryan was left alone. The TV was yet to be connected, so there was little else to do other than go to bed, which is exactly what he did. Ryan closed all the doors coming off the hallway and ensured the front door was locked. Moving in had taken it out of him and he fell asleep pretty quickly. But that is when it began. Ryan entered a deep sleep that facilitated a lucid dream. He was dreaming from a first person perspective as though he was entering his apartment via the front door. He was stood in darkness but the light from the communal landing outside the front door provided a brief amber hue to illuminate the four doors that came off the apartment's hallway. He felt as though a burning rage was coursing through his body, but what the cause of that anger was remained to be a mystery. He was inspecting the scene, as though familiar with the layout. He began to move forwards. Ryan felt something dragging on the wall. It was a knife. He was running it along the wallpaper as he stomped down the hallway. The sound of boots putting pressure on the wooden floor echoed, although Ryan didn't notice that sound when he moved in just a few hours earlier. The dream continued as Ryan followed his journey down the hallway of apartment 54, the knife still flowing its pointed edge down the wall as he went. Suddenly, he halted standing adjacent to the door that led to the bedroom. Ryan turns, he grabs the handle and begins to lightly push the wooden door out of its frame. He flew up from his pillow, panting for air. What the fuck, he proclaimed, freaked out by such a realistic feeling dream. Daylight was now barging its way through the cheap curtains that hung on the wall, giving Ryan some feeling of security. He checks the clock and proceeds to raise out of bed, to go begin his day. But as soon as he stands and shifts his gaze upwards, something stops Ryan dead in his tracks. The door. It's open. Ryan was certain he closed that door before going to bed. 
he has never been able to sleep with an open door. He finds the courage to creep towards it, his heart drumming viciously against the inside of his chest. He opens the door a bit further so to peek his head out. A click from the light switch illuminates the windowless hallway. Nothing. The empty space, exactly how he left it the night before. With a day of work to get on with, Ryan gets ready, his mind easing from the weird dream he experienced. He is all but ready to go out when he walks from the kitchen into the hallway, heading to the front door, when something catches his eye. There was a groove running down the wall in the hallway, about waist height. It was thin and ran in a wavy motion. His dream is broken. He recalls walking down the hallway with that knife running down the wall as he went. Had he been sleepwalking? What was going on? Thoughts and theories were colliding in Ryan's brain. He was shaken by what was happening but continued with his day, hoping the dream would soon fade from memory as they usually do. But not this one. It was still tormenting him as he prepared once again for bed, ensuring the front door was locked, closing all of the interior doors, then sliding under the covers, flicking the light switch and submerging himself into a lonely darkness. Ryan had a little more trouble getting to sleep that night, afraid the dream would reoccur, but thankfully, when he eventually dozed off, he wasn't confronted with the familiar view of his own hallway. Though, the nightmare wasn't experienced for a second time, something did break Ryan's sleep. He opened his eyes in a dazed state, scanning the room, but it was still dark out so he couldn't see anything in the blackness. He reached for his phone. The fluorescent pixels gave a synthetic glow onto his face. 1.54am. He used the glow of his phone screen to illuminate the room, sections at a time. He started by shining it directly next to him. There was nothing out of place. His slippers were right next to his bed where he left them, as was the glass of water on the nightstand. He ran it against the wall behind the bed before reaching the corner of the room and the next wall which ran parallel to his bed. Nothing so far. Then he got to the doorframe. An audible gasp came from Ryan, still on his bed. The door was open. Panic coursed through his veins. He definitely shut it before going to bed, especially after the fucked up dream he had last night. Plucking up the remaining courage he had, he continued to scan the room with the faint light plunging the open doorway back into darkness. He moved the light past his wardrobe, over the chest of drawers, across the window and eventually reaching the foot of his bed. Ryan immediately dropped his phone. It fell to the floor but he couldn't move to pick it up. He was frozen by fear. The phone screen faced towards the ceiling, giving off some illumination a faint light that would give Ryan some vision of his final moments. What it allowed Ryan to witness was the figure of a large man stood at the end of his bed, knife in hand. (gasps) So, did that come out of his dream or was he not dreaming? Was it a premonition? Yeah. Because there was a mark on the wall. Yeah, so was the guy there the night before? Yeah. I think you are. And he saw it from first-person view. Is it somebody living within Ryan? Was Ryan possessed? It would, would, was he possessed by a demon that then manifested in front of him? Who knows? 
But what would the demon want? What do all demons want? Um, to live on Earth. So maybe they'll take over Ryan. Maybe. And because he's vulnerable, because he's in REM, they've took they take over him. He was the first night, but not the second night. No, but the first night there was the mark on the wall. That's right. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the the motive. I don't know the. It, it's up for speculation. It was good that story though. I, I was just sitting there staring into space because I could imagine it in my head, like the hallway and everything. Yeah, I have a second story, which doesn't really have a title. It's just titled "Untitled pot- <laughs> Potential Sleep Paralysis Story." <laughs> kind of gives it away. <laughs> I was around six or seven years old when this first occurred. We had just moved into our new house, a 1930s semi-detached that before we got there had been used as a doctor's surgery. It was a step up from our previous house and a large back garden was a huge bonus for younger me. All was going well for a number of weeks and we were all happy in our new home. But it was on one particular night that my dad was working away and it was just me and my mum in the house that the trouble started. It began a few hours after I had gone to bed. I couldn't be sure what time exactly, but I knew what was happening. I was awoken by a slight tapping sound. It was distant at first, but it began to get louder and louder. As my mind began to supposedly wake up, I could identify that the tapping sound was coming from the hallway. This is when I knew what I was experiencing wasn't normal. I was attempting to shout for my mum but nothing but a tiny shriek came from out my mouth. I was trying with all of my might, but I couldn't make my voice go any louder. I didn't move from my bed. Whether I had the ability to or not is another matter. After around 10 minutes, my mum must have heard that slight noise coming from my bedroom and came running in. It was at this point I regained the ability to talk properly. I explained the tapping noise, not too dissimilar to footsteps, that was coming from the hallway downstairs. We both ventured down the staircase that arched around a 90 degree corner to see absolutely nothing. I was put back to bed and my mind eased. It didn't take much for my younger self to drift off back to a peaceful sleep. This same experience continued for a number of days. I would wake up a few hours after going to bed and hear this noise when the whole house was resting. Even when both my mum and dad were at home, it was just the three of us in total, so there was no clear explanation for the noise. About two weeks after the first experience, there was an escalation. I would again wake up with this inability to move, but at the same time, sort of feeling detached, like I could see what my body was experiencing. There was an unidentified noise but this time it wasn't the familiar sound of potential footsteps tapping in the hallway. Now it was the very particular echoing of the stairs creaking. The creaks that you get very familiar with in a house you live in, where you can identify how far up the stairs a person is by the distinctive creaking of the wooden steps. Again, my ability to shout my parents for help was being hindered for an unknown reason. On this occasion, No help would come from my mum and dad's bedroom and eventually I must have fell asleep or passed out before whatever was making the noise made it to the top of the stairs. Each night escalated the experience. 
I was awake at an assumedly late hour as there was no light on the landing which I could see through the slight crack in the doorway which I had left open each night. This would allow me to fall asleep with the landing light on and then when my parents went to bed, the light would be turned off for the night. The creaking stairs would play their familiar tune, creating their sound under the pressure of an unknown force. Nobody in the house was awake when this would happen each night, and each night I would be unable to move or shout for help, and each night the creaks of the stairs would get one step closer to the landing, to the doorway of my bedroom. I would begin to dread going to bed each night, out of fear that this thing would eventually reach the small landing and enter my room, where I would be there laying, helpless. My parents would never come out and help me as they presumably couldn't hear my mute cries. The steps on the stairs had peaked at what I identified as the top step from my memories of the noises in my house. But following the summiting of whatever was climbing the stairs, the experiences simply stopped. I went weeks without another episode of whatever this was. I wouldn't be unable to shout and I didn't feel as though I was watching my own body suffer whatever this was. Whether I was awake or dreaming in those experiences, I don't know, but I was glad that they were over. A sense of security creeped its way back into my nighttime routine. That was until around a month after my last episode of Hearing the Stairs. It all culminated into one. The footstep like tapping in the hallway started it off. I was completely aware of what was going on, but again, unable to move or react. The stairs then began to creak, one by one, something or someone slowly ascending the wooden structures. The creaking stopped. I lay there, head bolt upright, with no ability to move anything, yet being fully able to see what was going on. My eyes fixed on the gap in my doorway that led out onto the pitch black landing as everybody else was asleep. My chest pounded from the intense beats of my heart, the dark void remaining silent for the moment. And then, she appeared. An older lady who seemed to almost shine with a dull white colour. She had an expressionless emotion on her clearly aged face. The skin of the woman was wrinkled and her hair in the stereotypical short curled fashion that women of a certain age seem to have. She wore a surgical gown which spread the full length of her body. Whoever this was simply stood stationary in the gap in my doorway for what felt like hours, but in reality was likely minutes. I tried to call for help, but again, no joy. I was at the mercy of this woman that had tormented me for so long, making those noises, giving me restless nights. My gaze was fixed on her, waiting for her next move, but it never came. Eventually, the woman stopped staring directly at me, turned 90 degrees to the right and faded from my sight. As soon as the last wisp of hair had gone past the doorframe, I immediately passed out. This was the last time I experienced anything like that in the house. Who that woman was is still a mystery, potentially the spirit of a past patient or maybe a doctor checking who was in the room of their surgery, but quite frankly, 
I don't want to go through those experiences again to find out. Was that based on a true event? If that was li- based on a true event. If you listened to our first ever episode, you'd know whose true event it was based upon. Mine? <laughs> it was my true event. Um, so do you reckon she was a patient? I think she was a patient. So that wasn't the only time I saw that figure. I was going to say, like, what, what's she doing? Why is she coming up the stairs? And then she's just coming into your room once and then never coming again. Well, the end of it wasn't particularly true because I did <laughs> see her again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I, I was I, that story is based on my one, on my experience. Mm-hmm. I did hear footsteps in the hallway. Yeah. I did hear creaking on the stairs. Yeah. But I didn't see her on the landing. I you, did, yeah. however... See it in the archway of my bedroom. Ugh. So <laughs> I like the way you said women of a certain age have that hair as well, because I yeah. know exactly what you meant. <laughs> yeah, I thought th- I thought that was the best way to describe what, <laughs> what I meant. But when I saw it in the corner of my bedroom, I used to have bunk beds that were shoved into one corner, mm-hmm. and then in the very opposite corner was like an alcove, which was due to a chimney breast running through the room. Yeah, and she was stood in that alcove, just staring outwards and directly opposite where she was staring was the doorway. Mm. And she was just staring at the doorway. Oh, God. And like I mentioned in that other episode, this can be verified by an independent third party. Oh, yeah, your friend. One of my friends who was staying at the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you were doing homework or something at the time, weren't you? No, I was asleep. I, w- I woke up and she was there. Oh, no, I mean when your friend was there. Oh, I can't remember. I was like six or seven. <laughs> I just assumed you'd be doing homework. <laughs> Fucking nerd. <laughs> um, no, I, I can't remember what I was doing. Well, I know I was asleep. I, I woke up in a scene. Mm. Um, but yeah, there was a few weird things that happened in the house. It was it was definitely... I don't know whether it was all to do with it being a doc- previous doctor's surgery. Yeah. But... It probably doesn't help, does it? No, I mean... It, that's a place of intense emotions yeah. at times. But would they do surgery there? It would, no, it would be like a sort of a GP's uh, I surgery. See. So yeah. they might do like very basic. Yeah, and you'd get bad news there. Uh, yeah, you'd get bad news and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But there's definitely like doctors, uh, mm-hmm. like beds and like yeah, um, like what do you call it? examination rooms, rooms yeah, and stuff yeah, like that's that. It, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just like sort of you're running the mill, 1930s, semi-detached house who is in a row of other obviously semi 1930s semi-detached mm-hmm. houses so why this particular one was his doctor's surgery i don't know well that's like the houses not far from here where there's like dentist two houses have been made into dentists yeah it's it might just be that the house was for available for sale one day <laughs> yeah maybe maybe <laughs> um it's weird though like imagine living in a doctor's it wasn't at the time I was living there. Never <laughs> it know. used to be a doctor's like, and we converted it back. I bet you there'd be like, there would be energy there all the time. Yeah, like I say, it was a workplace. So that means people spent a lot of time there anyway. There was patients. So there's people yeah. coming in and out all the time. Obviously, like you say, getting bad news, maybe getting good, good news. news yeah. So th- there was a lot of emotions flying about the place. So a, a breeding ground for paranormal activity, potentially. Yeah. I wonder what makes them want to go back there, though. I know this is a different story. This is about dreams. But yeah. 
because I wouldn't want to haunt my GP. <laughs> I don't, you, you don't know, do you? No. Everyone's circumstances <laughs> are different. It yeah. may be. Someone may have died there. Someone may have gone there and... Yeah, they, they, they thought it wasn't as serious as what yeah, it was. Potentially, who knows? Yeah. No idea. And we'll probably never find out. No. But most of that story was true. <laughs> most. Most of that story. Some of it was embellished. But was most just... of that was true. There was, honestly, the, the footsteps in the hallway is the most prevalent. Prevalent? Yeah. Most prevalent. So when that was happening, it was just me in the house. Yeah. I, I was lying on the bed and I was trying to shout. And I couldn't, I could not shout. I could not move. I could not shout. And I did feel as though I was watching myself do it. Yeah, you were probably paralyzed. But I could feel like I was, it's like I was sort of watching myself from, so say if I was lying down, it's like Mm. I was almost stood next to the foot of my bed, looking at myself at an angle. Like I could see myself. Yeah. It was weird. Ugh. I've never never experienced it since. I've never never experienced anything like that. Good. I hope you don't. (laughs) But I've got one last story, and this is a Reddit story from Anonymous. Oh, why haven't they got a funky name? Anon. Uh, Well, the very first paragraph will tell you why. Oh. I'm going anonymous. I am still struggling with nightmares, and I don't know how what I have to say will be perceived by those who know me. I have had nightmares for the past 12 years almost every night, and I do not know if they will ever stop. One night, I fell asleep on the couch in a hotel room. It was in a forest at night, crouching down on the ground, my hands sinking into the cold, wet ground. It was a misty night, and I could only see a few yards before me. As I knelt, I realised that I was naked. My bag of clothes had been strewn all around me in the darkness. The fog had made it difficult to get the items that I would cover myself with. It was then when something whispered in my ear and said, Do not move. It will kill you. I instinctively knew it was a creature lurking in the darkness just beyond my scope of sight. I instantly woke up in fear. As I looked around me in the dim light of the hotel room, I heard a growl. Fear came over me as I knew that I was awake and not asleep. I smelt the odour of a wolf-like creature breathing on my face. As I began to sit up, I felt a heavy presence on top of my chest. As I looked down, I saw a burnt corpse laying on top of my body and was sliding down towards the ground, trying to pull me with it wherever it was going. I could only make out the burnt skin of its scalp and its upper body and arms. The rest of him had already slipped beneath the floor. I don't know what else to say, but the fact that, as a dream, it was something I will never forget, and probably the most lucid dream that had ever happened to me that I cannot explain. So what do you think about that? I think that was just a bad dream, to be honest. Potentially, but then they say they woke up and were still experiencing the same... Like, How's this? Sorry, go on. So, do you think that, say, if you smelt something in a dream, I that could translate into real life? Do you think that is possible? I think it could, you know, because sometimes, like, I, like, I don't smell things, but, like, you know, like, you, you just, you vision something in your dream and then you wake up and you feel sick. Yeah. 
So, so has he just done that? Like, he or she? Um, how does he know what a wolf smells like as well? I imagine it's referring to like a damp dog smell. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd guess that's where that's going. I feel like you probably would smell that. You could probably dreams probably do translate through, like smell. Yeah, especially if you have smelt it before. Yeah, so if I you've smelt say. a damp dog, everyone knows what that smells like, really. Yeah, and also in his dream, or their dream, I don't know if it's a he or she, or they, they say that they're whispered, a voice is whispered to them, like, mm-hmm. don't move, it'll kill you. They have just assumed almost that it's a wolf, yeah. or a wolf-like being. Maybe it's not a wolf, maybe it's a werewolf, maybe it's a bear. Oh my god, it could be a zombie bear, like on Z Nation. <laughs> See, I say Z Nation. Yeah, but they go previously on Z Nation. But I also, I, I will also call myself a hypocrite. Here's a little tangent for you, <laughs> because being English, I go yep, Z Z Z, not Z. Yeah. But then I'll say Jay Z all the time. Yeah, but he's not Jay Z. Correct. <laughs> so it's hypocritical of me. Anyway, back on track. Dreams. <laughs> um. It could possibly be a lucid dream, but I feel like because he he woke up in like a woods, yeah, it's in a dream. Do you have any moving on from that story? Because well, I think there's it leaves a lot to be desired in That's terms of facts. That's why he's anonymous, so we can't all ask him. Yeah. Or he, or she, they. But I also think because they mentioned at the start they've been having nightmares for like twelve years, maybe some of the the details of that particular one have faded. Yeah. So they can't relay them as, as best as they may wish to. You can't prove it either, though, because no one else would see your dream, so... Yeah, exactly. So, on that note, have you had any very scary dreams that you can recall? That you would assume... That you would sort of relate to being paranormal, maybe? Not very scary dreams, but in our room, I do wake up sometimes and I do grab you because it's, I feel like someone sat on the end of the beds. Um, but I do think I'm awake at the time. I'm not paralysed or anything. Um, in your old house where you used to live, I used to always dream of this old lady. Remember, I used to wake you up. Yeah, but you, when you woke me up, you were really panicked. I was really panicky, and that always happened. She always like reached reached out for me, and then yeah. Did you recognise her? No, I've never seen her before in my life. I couldn't I couldn't say what she... I didn't really see her feet. I just seen, like you said before, certain age... Certain aged curly hair, um, old lady hands. She had a little lilac cardion and glasses. Do you think it might have been sleep paralysis? I don't... I don't... But then you... I woke up though, didn't I? Yeah. Would, was there any experience in terms of... Like, where you felt awake when mm. she was reaching out for you, or like you felt getting like you were getting choked, or I can't really remember now. But to be honest, I just felt like she was she was just trying to wake me up. So I would, and then I'd wake up, and then I'd wake you up, and be like, "Oh my god!" But I'd be like proper panicking. I think I cried once. Yeah. But then we told your sister, and she was like, "Never mention that to me ever again." <laughs> But in that same house, I think I've mentioned this one before, I used to work nights rather than working daytime hours. So I was asleep on the couch one daytime when my sister had finished work 
and we we lived in the same house. So she came home from work and opened the door. She sounded like she was on the phone and she just went straight from the doorway up the stairs and into a room. And I thought nothing much of it because it, she woke me up on a way in, but that was normal. I, I don't, I'm a very light sleeper anyway. Then about 10 minutes later, I woke up and went upstairs to just go to the toilet. And to go to the toilet, you've got to walk past my sister's bedroom. And if she was in and she had the door open, you'd see it because it's not a very big room. If she was in and closed the door, then I'd know she was in because she always left the door open when she went out. Yeah. So I went upstairs. The door was open, but she wasn't in there. So I shouted her and she didn't answer mm. because she wasn't in. Oh, and God, she yeah, hadn't I left. That. She so hadn't left work, had she? She was left work, but she wasn't in the house yet. That's what I mean. Like she, she might have left work, but she hadn't got to your home. Yeah, yet. she hadn't got home yet. So then, when she did come in, about fifteen minutes after that, I said to her, "Have you been in? Like you've gone out again, or, or what?" I said, "No, I've only just finished work. I've only just got home." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, oh, okay." <sighs> so maybe that was another dream, and I don't know why that's relevant, or was maybe that a that premonition? Was a time slip. Maybe. And like residual energy because she does do that. Yeah, because it's a habit. Yeah, because she does come in on the phone sometimes. Not yeah. all the time, but she she does come in. <laughs> it's a house. She's going to. Yeah, it's bound to have happened at some point. But yeah, that's. That's weird. That was another odd experience. That house, is, that house is nice, but it is haunted 100%. Got goosebumps. I think most houses are harder, aren't they? Yeah. Really? Unless it's a new build, but then it could be built on burial ground or something. Yeah, could be anything. Anything you would like to add to our episode on dreams? Um, I don't really remember my dreams much, apart from like bad dreams, and I only remember them for like a split second when I wake up, unless like that one in your old house, or sometimes I'll just see. But I think when I see them in our room, I think it is just like your clothes are hanging up or something. Because I just I you always hang your clothes up at the start of the week. Do you know what I do? <laughs> what? <laughs> if I wake up in the night, yeah. And you know, obviously, we, like you're looking around the room, and like inanimate objects begin to look like people yeah, yeah. Things. You can see faces and hats so and everything. I, you see, we've got like a, at the washing basket on the floor next to the wardrobe door or something. Yeah, that to me looks like someone crouching down. Like yeah, it does. Especially when clothes are hanging out of it. But you know when I I always like I always wake up and have a drink in the middle of the night, don't I? Yeah, yeah. I, I, like a juice or water, not fucking wake up and have a beer. In that. <laughs> but <laughs> I swing my arm around like a punch into the thin air just in case someone is there. <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed that, you know. No, actually I might have because I always go to Oh my god, are you okay? <laughs> when you wake up. Yeah. <laughs> I was wanted it this morning well not this morning it was, must have been about 3 o'clock or something I went oh my god are you okay no, is that, that what that's when I stand up and go like if I do stand up and like go to the toilet in the middle of the night but you, you always just, say like, are you okay but you throw yourself off yeah but <laughs> I've never if, noticed if I, if I reach that my arm around I, I do it in a fast motion with my fist clenched so if, <laughs> if somebody has intruded or there is like <laughs> a, a physical ghost or something I do punch them Never uh, punched anyone yet, thankfully. You've not in your sleep. I mean, not in your sleep. No, that sounds awful. <laughs> I mean, in your sleep, you don't punch me, obviously, but you do, like, smack about in your sleep quite a lot and, like, jolt up and down. You're a I do get quite a lot of those dreams where you... Like you're falling? Yeah. 
I there is a reason for them. I can't remember. I, I, didn't research I get them when I'm on the couch. I I I woke up the other day. I think it was a nap time. Nap. It wasn't like a nap time. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like bedtime. But remember, I woke up and I was like proper coughing. Yeah, as if you were laying down. Yeah. yeah. And I just woke up and I was like, <gasps> I'm proper coughing and holding me through. And you were just tapping me on the back like, it's okay. <laughs> some of well, my, don't know what to, don't know what to do. Some of them might have happened then. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but I yeah, yeah. I, I think sleep's a really weird one because it... You can't. You're entering yeah. that state where, like all the psychological aspects of dreaming, I think there's a lot to be f- discovered about dreaming still. Mm. But... The psychological aspect is you can slip into those unconscious memories and those unconscious thoughts that you have. You can't control it either, can you? Yeah, so things pop up to your conscious mind. Yeah. Maybe that's why you don't remember them so much because they're unconscious memories and thoughts. They're just like stuck at the back of your head. Yeah. Like that Fallon cabinet that we mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> in the in last week's episode. Yeah. So I think it's it's a really strange it's it's one of those unknown you can't really prove it because someone can't really go into your mind. Unless maybe you were hypnotised or something, I guess. Yeah, but then would they still see everything? Maybe not. I don't know. Who knows? No, I, I don't, don't think anyone can actually clarify that. No. Because no matter how much you dig into your unconscious mind, how do you know that's all of it? I don't think it is all of it. I think certain things trigger it. Yeah. So... For me, that means there is a potential for a paranormal it, or sort of like, when I say paranormal aspect, I don't just mean an unknown aspect. I mean for spirits, for yeah, well, that's ghosts, like, for something to visit. That, like Julie Sapphire said, like your family visits you, but maybe other things visit you because you, you are vulnerable, you're asleep. Yeah. Now, I do have some theories and thoughts to go over, but that is in the Sunday Scaries episode. Oh. So I'll, re- I'll I'll leave it for that. And I think that's a good place to close off this main yeah. episode. So if you've ever experienced any sleep paralysis or you have any theories about dreams, you can give us an email at acrossthecemetery at gmail.com. You can also find us on AX, which was Twitter, at... Oh, no, no, no. You can find us on X, which was Twitter, at AX The Cemetery. You can find us on TikTok at AX The Cemetery. And we're on Instagram at Across The Cemetery. And if you would like to leave us a review on whichever platform you listen on, it would be greatly appreciated. And we'd just love to hear what you have to say. If it's nice. Bye. Especially if it's nice. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Bye.